Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. So today's podcast episode, we're going to do a retrospective of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, Season 2, The Epic Country Club Showdown. Because you guys loved the episode in which I gave my retrospective of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Season 6, the epic pillow talk melee, we should call it that. <laughs> I felt the need to do another one for you guys because y'all love that one. I mean, it, y'all tweeted about it. Y'all made funny comments about it. So it's nice to be able to go back down memory lane and talk about some of the epic moments in reality television that I have been a part of. So on today's episode... We're going to talk about, yes, Country Club Melee, Teresa, Jacqueline, Danielle, Kim G, and of course, Kim D. Let's go back into what happened season two. Okay, so you guys have heard in nauseam me talk about season one of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, about, you know, the table flip. I talked about that with Danielle Staub, who was a very special guest on the podcast. So we went down that memory lane. So picking up where we left off, let's talk about the start of season two. Season one was a huge hit. I mean, Teresa flipped the table. It was the talk of the town. It was a pop culture phenomenon. It became like this big mainstream press opportunity. And the Real Housewives of New Jersey was the one to watch. So we knew that season two had to be better. Because my thing is this. Every season, you should try to top the other. And when I say you, I mean, yes, the stars, but also the producing team in terms of following the reality of what's really happening on the show. So one of the things we knew going into season two was the fact that Danielle was on an island. None of the other women were fucking (laughs) with Danielle. And that was obvious, okay? And we've never seen that before in reality television where you had an ensemble cast, but one person was the outcast. You've never seen that. It usually is a situation to where they at least are integrated with one person. Like, even when Kenya um, was on an island a little bit, at least she had, like, you know, Candy or Cynthia or Nini even. Danielle was on her own. And we knew that that was going to be very challenging in telling a story about a group of friends, your girl, friends in air quotes, (laughs) a group of friends who were behind the gates in New Jersey. But we had to work with what we had, right? So with that being said, we knew that Dina Manzo was not going to be a full-time housewife. And on a personal note, that devastated me. I love Dina. I still love Dina. Dina is a beautiful person inside and out. She's super spiritual. She taught me about meditation. Like, I'm not being silly about this. Like, Dina taught me meditation. Uh, She and I both have this affection for Oprah Winfrey. 
like me and Dina have very deep, deep, deep conversations. So after season one, Dina was like, you know what? I just, I, I can't see myself doing another season like this. I just can't. But Dina also understood, look, I know that I have to take the audience on this journey of why I'm leaving. So I'm open to doing that. So long story short, Dina gave us a commitment of a certain amount of episodes, right? And in terms of production, we had maybe two weeks with Dina before she sort of like rode off in the sunset, right? So with that being said, we knew that if Dina's leaving the show, that leaves us with four housewives. And there's never been (laughs) just four housewives. You need more than that to make a good show. And that's where Danielle's, I'll say, team, in air quotes, came in. So that's how we were introduced to Kim G and Kim D. Because, yes, we were looking to see who could replace Dina. And quite naturally, since we knew that Caroline, Jacqueline, Teresa were friends, we knew that Danielle needed a friend. And Danielle introduced us to Kim D and Kim G. Well, Danielle didn't introduce me to them because, as you guys heard on my interview with Danielle, um, I was banned from Danielle's house. Danielle was not fucking with your boy. Danielle felt that I did not have her back during season one. And when I say have her back, and she said this on the podcast, so this isn't like any specialty. But Danielle said that while the episodes were airing, Um, she obviously was watching these women talk about her in ways she didn't know. And she felt that I should have checked in on her. And she was mad at me. And what that means is she just wasn't fucking with me. She did not want me to be around her. She did not want to see me. Um, And I felt bad because I was like, had I known you wanted me to check in, I, of course, would have done it. But at the time, I was working on season two of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I was too busy working that I didn't know I had to reach out to Danielle to check in on her. And I'm not blaming her for that. Um, One thing I always tell you guys about reality stars is they're very sensitive. And I don't know what it's like to give my life in front of the camera. You know, I I have no idea what, what that feels like. And that's why I never take for granted when one of my stars say to me, like, I need you or can you talk to me? I would drop what I'm doing for my reality star if I feel like they're in need, okay? So I felt bad, but as you guys heard on the episode, Danielle said, look, I over-exaggerated. I should have never done that, and she regretted it. And and, and me and Danielle are good, so I want to make that very clear. So Danielle introduced to her producers Kim D and Kim G., And we were so enamored with their personality. I mean, Kim G had a connection with Caroline because Kim G's son was best friends with Chris Manzo. Like, best friends. So Caroline and Kim G knew each other. But as you saw in the episodes of season two, Caroline also just wasn't feeling Kim G. Because if you know Caroline, Caroline is a straight shooter. And Kim G, who I love, you know, can be a little wacky in a good way. So that's not Caroline's cup of tea. 
So the idea of bringing in somebody who had that connection was interesting to all the producers. So we love Kim G. Kim D, who hosts the Posh Fashion Show, um, is a joy to work with. She's super fun. And we were like, you know what? This may be two good additions to this season. And possibly, maybe one could be a housewife. So when Dina left the show after she and Danielle had that epic showdown, <laughs> um, that's when we realized, okay, we have to really, not audition, but really show more of the two cams to really see how much they could be integrated into the season. Long story short, when Kim D had the posh fashion show, we all were like, you know what? This would be the perfect backdrop to where all the girls, all the housewives can be in the same room. Because up until that point, it did not make sense for them to be together because none of them wanted to film with each other. And that's not going to make great television. You can't do a show about these women if they're not interacting with each other. And that was very difficult. And, and I need for you guys to understand how difficult it is to shoot an ensemble show where one person is literally on an island by themselves. It, it, it's, it, it's the impossible thing to do. And mind you, this was my second year in producing reality television after doing season one of Atlanta and season one of New Jersey. And I, at that time, I completed season two of Atlanta. So even I was like, shit, how are we able to do this? This is going to be very challenging. But y'all know me. I'm up for a challenge. Ooh, I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. The Posh Fashion Show was the talk of New Jersey, okay? No, it's not like New York Fashion <laughs> Week. <laughs> Anna Wintour did not show up, guys. But in New Jersey at that time, in Franklin Lakes, <laughs> the Posh Fashion Show was the event of New Jersey. So we wanted Caroline to attend. Caroline was like, I will never attend Kim D's fashion show. It doesn't make sense. And the one rule that, that I have is follow the reality. Don't make shit up. Don't fake shit. Follow the reality. And in Caroline Manzo's reality, she was like, I just would never attend Kim D's fashion show. That's Teresa and Jacqueline's friend. And it makes sense for them to go. So Caroline was like, I'm not coming. And one thing that I don't do, if, if that's your reality, I'm not going to force anything upon you because that's real. And you will always get the best compelling television when you follow the reality. So that's why Caroline did not go. So here we are the night of the Posh Fashion Show. We were all nervous because it was a huge deal to know that Danielle... Jacqueline and Teresa were going to see each other for the first time this season. So after the fashion show and all the brouhaha, all the looks and stares of these women being in the same room together, 
we knew that, look, at the end of the day, y'all gonna have to speak to each other. But we didn't know how that would happen. And this is when we realized Teresa Judice is the force multiplier of this franchise. One thing about Teresa, she's going to give you good TV because she understands television and she understands real life. So she also knew the, 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 how, how huge of a deal it was to have her, Jacqueline, and Danielle in the same room. So Teresa walks up to me because, again, I was Teresa's producer. Danielle kicked me to the curb. So I belong to Teresa, Jacqueline, and Caroline. So Teresa comes up to me, and she's like, I want to talk to Danielle. And I said, baby, this is why I love you. This is why I stand. This, I mean, I, 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 just, I just love you. And she was like, but um, I don't know what to say to her. Because <laughs> she was like, look, I'm not stupid. It's a big deal Danielle's here. This moment of us being together may not happen ever again. So I, 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 I know I got to talk to her. And she said, but I don't, I don't know what to say to her. And I said to Teresa Judice, just say hello. Just say hello. And she said, that's it? I said, baby, that's all you need. Just say hello. And she said, I can do that. Where is the bitch? <laughs> I said, well, Danielle's actually in the bathroom. Uh, she goes, enough said. So then she goes, <laughs> gets Jacqueline. <laughs> you got to love Teresa. She goes to get Jacqueline. And there's... A a like um a coffee table and two chairs um side by side. This coffee table near the bathroom. <coughs> so Teresa and Jacqueline sit in the chairs near the women's bathroom, and Danielle is in the bathroom with Kim G. Okay. So when Danielle walks out, that's why Teresa goes, hello. And I want to paint the picture for you guys. So knowing that this was going to be the first time these women saw each other this season, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, because at the end of the day, you want them to talk and you want to see what they're going to say to each other because they haven't seen each other since season one reunion. A lot of months went by. And it was just all this, like, anxiety going into this conversation. So I'm sweating bullets, like, oh, my gosh, how is this conversation going to go? Like, what's about to happen? So Teresa was like, hi. And Danielle gagged because <laughs> she's like, Teresa, the woman who flipped the table, is speaking to me. Okay, girl. So... You know, Teresa's being pleasant, right? Like, hi, you know, I I just want to say hello to you. We're here at this posh fashion show. I just want to say hi. And then it just went left after that. In terms of, you know, Danielle bringing up like, well, you know, you did this to me, you did that to me. 
And Teresa said, you know, sweetie. And Danielle's like, don't call me sweetie. And then Teresa <laughs> says the infamous, I don't want to call you sweetie old hag. You old bitch. Is bitch better? Is bitch better? And I was like, okay, well, this ain't going <laughs> how I thought it was. But okay, we're going to do what, guys? Follow the reality. So Danielle goes, that's a fucking enough. Oh, Lord Jesus. And one thing you don't do to Teresa Judais is cuss at her. So Teresa is wearing her chinchilla that she got from Barbie's dream house, or should I say Gia's house, child. It was this, this beautiful girl, black and silver chinchilla. She got up out of her seat, and... She started rolling her neck. Now, look, if you are a black girl, you know when you roll your neck, oh, it's about to go down basement, right? So then Danielle made a comment that I was like, yikes, on the bikes. So Danielle goes, what's that ghetto shit you doing? And I was like, okay, Danielle, uh, that, that's not cute. So then Teresa's response was, I'm from Patterson. Did you forget it? Did you forget it? I'm from Patterson. So I'm from Detroit. I never heard of Patterson, New Jersey. But apparently, Patterson, New Jersey, allegedly, <laughs> is um, the hood. That's, that's what I was told, child. Patterson, allegedly. And guys, if you're from Patterson, I'm going to tell you what I was told. And if it's not the hood, hashtag reality with the king and let me know. But at the time, I was told Patterson was the hood, which is why Danielle made that comment and why Teresa goes, yes, I'm from Patterson. Did you forget? And that's when Danielle was like, no, I did not forget, Teresa. Um, You know, we know where you used to live, whatever, uh, before the mansion, and Teresa was like, I live in a mansion now. And she goes, yeah, but it's in foreclosure. And Teresa was like, my house is not in foreclosure, bitch. And baby, that's when all hell broke loose. <clears throat> so Danielle said, you yelled at me once, you're not going to do it again. And that's when she was surrounded by this bodyguard, not Kevin Costner, um, he gave more Sean Spicer teas. <laughs> yes, the former press secretary to the 45th president of the United States. So this bodyguard who resembled a young Sean Spicer was holding Danielle. So Danielle was walking away and Kim G tried to defuse the situation by holding on to Teresa. And that's when <laughs> Teresa showed you who Patterson really was and literally pushed Kim G. And the next thing we know, these rich white women in New Jersey at a country club, no less, was running down the hall in their Louboutins. And I never saw anything like this. It was like the grown-up Bad Girls Club or the grown-up version of the Jersey Shore. 
And Teresa was giving snooky teas throughout the night. So she's chasing, literally, like running down the hall in her red bottoms. And Danielle is running like she is Whitney Houston from the bodyguard trying to find her Kevin Costner. Like, it was a track meet. It gave very Sonya Richards-Ross from Atlanta Housewives tease. It gave very track star. <clears throat> like, it was... And I was trying to catch up. So if you look at the episode, I'm wearing <laughs> a Mickey Mouse T-shirt, which is so ironic because there was nothing Disneyland about this melee. It did not give Disney. It gave very much WWE. Like, it was, it was nothing Disney about what was happening. So I'm trying to, of course, yes, follow the reality, but also making sure that people are safe. So a lot of people are holding Teresa back because, again, they saw what she did a few months ago by flipping a table, and they knew that Teresa would flip Danielle. And nobody wanted that to happen. And Jacqueline was too busy running down Danielle's court documents. <laughs> so the way Jacqueline operates is Jacqueline is a student. She is a grade-A student. She studies, right? So Jacqueline literally used to spend night and day reading upon the court documents about Danielle. So she had that in her brain. So as this melee was happening, Jacqueline was acting like a court reporter, really telling everybody in the hallway what was allegedly in those court documents. Little did she know her daughter, Ashley, was on the prowl. And when she pulled Danielle's hair, I was like, okay, okay. So after... Ashley pulled Danielle's hair. It was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, all of this is happening only because Teresa said, hello? Like, it was crazy to me. But it also goes to show you a thing that I, I always talk about on this podcast and when I do press or when I do speaking engagements. The reason why we love reality TV so much is because it's a lesson in human behavior, and when you bottle so much angst inside, it doesn't do you any good because when you see the person you're mad at, it regurgitates every single thing you're feeling on the inside. And it just becomes a bigger ordeal. And that is what was happening right before my eyes. That whole scene gave me very much The Godfather Part 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. It was, I mean, I was, I, 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 <laughs> I wish I could explain to you guys what I was going through. Now, look, as a producer, of course, you're like, okay, follow the story. But as a human being, you're like, how did all of this shit happen? Like, what the fuck is going on here? The chaos was crazy. Those women in Jersey, you think they would have left. Honey, they were too busy eating popcorn, watching television. And I love my Jersey women. The Jersey women, baby, they love some drama. They all stood there, except this one woman. If you go back and watch the moment all the ladies were running down the country club, you will see this blonde woman <laughs> who was so disturbed. She's not a Karen. She's a Catherine. Remember, there's a difference between a Karen and a Catherine. She was a Catherine, honey. 
And that's when she said, this is fucking bullshit. Like, that's a Catherine. So she was the only one who was like, what in the ghetto gala is going on here? In my winter voice from Love and Marriage, D.C. Yes! Okay. So, Danielle goes in the car. She's being held by Sean Spicer, the bodyguard. And Teresa, like the Terminator, is walking towards the Bentley in her chinchilla, her heels still intact. And the, the driver, Kim G's driver, is telling Teresa, like, come on, baby. You guys, <laughs> like, like, girl, you don't think you've done enough? Like, chill out. And Teresa was like, I'm over it. I'm over the bitch. And he's like, okay, but you're about to approach a Bentley, and I can't have you do that. And she was like, I'm good. I'm cool. I swear on my kids. I'm cool. But that's Teresa. I think Teresa just had to blow out the steam. And once she did it, she was fine. And that's when Jacqueline was trying to get Teresa to not walk up to the car. And (laughs) Jacqueline even stands in front of the car, which... I'm like, is this an intimidating tactic? It was, it was, I mean, it was just so interesting to watch all of this unfold. Because again, guys, we had no idea that all of this was going to happen. And that night, truly, truly, is when we all realized this show has a life on its own. And the fact that at this time, you only have three housewives present. Danielle, Jacqueline, and Teresa. And the fact that you only have three housewives present and this shit happened goes to show you it's not about quantity. It's about quality. And those three women truly, truly are stars in their own right because they have this ability to forget the cameras are there. And one thing that I will say, you know, there's a reason why Danielle and Teresa were a part of my top 10 greatest housewives of all time. Because to me, they're just, they're dynamic to watch and they, they truly give their all to the show. But I want to take a time out to give Jacqueline Larita an honorable mention. I feel like Jacqueline is super underrated. Jacqueline is a sweetheart, but Jacqueline knows how to make great television, too. And I think a lot of people sleep on her. I am a huge fan of Jacqueline. And so is Teresa, which is why Teresa said, please bring Jacqueline back on the show. Because one thing about Teresa, who, yes, is the force multiplier, Teresa likes to work with people who make great television, And without a doubt, Jacqueline makes great TV because Jacqueline is so rooted in her reality that she doesn't know how to be anybody but herself. And that, to me, is the beauty of her. And to know that a woman can stand up against her family, and in some cases, people will say, go against her family. Jacqueline does that, and she does it with such humanity in the sense of, in Jacqueline's world, she believes right is right and wrong is wrong. And I'm not the judge or the jury, but as a producer, you can appreciate a woman 
who stands alone and can say, like, this is how I feel. And throughout this whole melee at the country club, what was so interesting about it is the fact that Jacqueline was laser-focused on repeating what she read in these court documents, but also chastising her daughter, Ashley. So much so, Ashley said, great, mom, you're picking Danielle's side. Like, Jacqueline can identify right from wrong. And even throughout season two, Jacqueline, Teresa, who we used to call Thelma and Louise, they all knew that at the end of the day, Danielle was great television. And as we were trying to figure out what season two could become, at the end of the day, Caroline, Teresa, and Jacqueline all understood the assignment. They really did. And that's why when Caroline was face-to-face with Danielle at the season finale, Caroline knew how big of a deal that was going to be. And Caroline also is somebody who is super dynamic, super great, because she also knows what makes great television. As long as it's rooted in Caroline's reality, she will give you great television. And I think season two of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and yes, I'm about to say it, is probably number two of the greatest seasons of Housewives history. Number one will always be The Real Housewives of Atlanta season six. You can't top that. The reason why I would give The Real Housewives of New Jersey season two the second best season in the entire history of The Real Housewives is because I don't know any franchise that can give you a spectacular season with just four women. Four. Think about that for a second. Four women gave an astounding season. And the fact that I had the privilege of watching these women give you guys a great show means the world to me, but also just knowing that they really did show all of you their reality. And because we really, and when I say we, I mean all the producers. Because the producers, we really did not know what to expect from a cast of four housewives. And yes, I will continue to say four. Because some of these shows, honey, got seven or eight housewives and can't even hold a candle to these four. Okay? These four women gave a compelling season. There was not one filler episode this season. I mean, we got Danielle at the Brownstone. That season has some of the best producers in the game because we all worked together to really make sure this season was great because we had so much pressure to follow the fantastic season one. And to be able to do that with four housewives, I mean, look, I'm going to pat myself on the back and I'm going to pat the other producers on the backs too because this season was a collective effort. And that goes to show you that the relationship between the producers and the cast who are all trying to give you great television will equal into a successful season. So as I end this episode, I really want you guys to put some respect on Caroline, Teresa, Jacqueline, Danielle, and even Dina's 
um, sunset was epic. The way her and Danielle had that one-on-one, baby. I can watch it all day. Dina is fantastic television. She's beautiful. She's witty. And the girl can read. Those women gave a fabulous season. And it's time that we give them the respect that they deserve. So, Raindrops, I want to hear from you. Do y'all agree with me that The Real Housewives of New Jersey Season 2 is the second best season ever from a Real Housewives franchise only behind The Real Housewives of Atlanta Season 6, which I will always give as the number one season in the history of the franchise. Do you agree? Let me know. Hashtag me using reality with the king and make sure you tag me. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag RealityWithTheKing. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and Brandon Nix. Engineering and music by Marcus Hum. More sauce.